0: Ladies and gents, this is Ox Adams, the biggest and baddest bitch
1: on the BPW roster. The only place you're going to hear about a 7-foot-tall, 300-pound machine ripping dudes heads off is the Battlefield Pro Wrestling Podcast right here with
0: Big Joe and Reggie Banner. Only available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. See ya
1: hey everybody big joe machesco the voice of the battlefield and i'm here to tell you about another one of our fantastic sponsors 570 card breaks on facebook turn your love for football and collectibles into profits participating in card breaks is an affordable way to try and score rare and valuable football cards breaks run as fast as they fill and cards are shipped in the same week an investment of less than 20 dollars can yield cards that are worth hundreds even thousands join 570 card breaks on facebook today again that's 570 card breaks on Facebook today, BPW Nation. Big Joe back again with the Battlefield Pro Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number 17. We have a great show lined up for you today. We are going to do a full-on review of this past Sunday's BPW Cream of the Crop event Plenty of action to break down there. Just coming off of the Memorial Day weekend. Nice long weekend. Hope everybody had a chance to uh, celebrate. Take time to remember our fallen soldiers that have died for our freedoms. And as always, I am joined by my co-host Sage Santiago and Reggie Banner. Reggie, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend?
2: Big Joe, podcast number 17, man. We are here. We're doing big things. I'm, I'm fired up to be here.
1: That's good to hear. When Reggie Banner's fired up, we have a great show. So we're going to be pitching to you in just a second here, but let's get uh, Sage here on with us. Sage, how are you?
0: I'm doing so much better. This is like the first full week where I'm not sick at all. So I'm I'm doing great. How about you? How about you, Big Joe?
1: Good. Yeah, I'm ready to to talk some BPW wrestling. I am uh, good to go. Coming off a long weekend. Got to relax a little bit. Got to grill. Got to watch wrestling. All that good stuff. So we started off this show pay-per-view live on the premier streaming network, by the way. And, you know, that's another segue too. really, really good information out there for everybody that's listening. You guys need to get over to premier streaming network and subscribe. It's $9.99 a month. You get all of the BPW shows. You get all the pay-per-views live and then you get to go watch them on replay. So. That alone is worth the deal, but there are other shows, other promotions on there, as well as podcasts and um, certain collections from certain wrestlers. So, definitely go check out the Premier Streaming Network, one of the best values in professional wrestling. So, like I was saying, we are streaming live every month on the Premier Streaming Network and live at the Signature Event Center in Broadheadsville, Pennsylvania. But our first match, no better way to start off some Memorial Day holiday weekend wrestling than with a fatal four-way. So the first match saw Nolan Pierce, Tim Theory, Timot Tamir, and Sam Adams uh, square off in, a, I mean, a match that combines people, different styles, you know, throughout the match, but uh, very fast-paced action. Reggie, you had the um, task of breaking this one down for us. So go ahead, give the uh, people out there the review of our first match on Cream of the Crop.
2: Man, let me tell people what they want to hear. This match first starts off with a quote unquote alliance between Timid, Tamir, and Sam Adams. They pair off against Nolan and Tim. Nolan and Tim also, you know, they're buddies, they respect each other, so they shook hands. However, with that being said, as soon as the bell rang, Mr. Sam Adams suckered in Timid and left him high and dry for him to get the double arm drag and double elbow by Nolan and Tim. Sam Adams rushes back in the ring for him to be hit with the same exact moves. And I'm like, okay, these two seem like they're on the same page. It's not, not a tag team match, but it, it kind of came off to me as a tag team match. Um, Sierra, do you agree with me on that? Like, the start of the match, kind of tag teamish. Yeah, it
0: did have some tag team vibes. I mean, I don't know if necessarily it was smart of Timoth to trust Sam Adams. I mean, as Puerto Ricans, I'm not trying to say anything bad,
2: but, like, that that's a risky move on Timothy's part.
0: But, yeah, I do agree. It, it definitely had tag team vibes.
2: Yeah. It was pretty good. I mean, after that, like, Tim and Sam, they take the action outside of the ring. Um, Thierry and fo- uh, and Nolan are actually in full control at this point. Nolan hits this hellacious big boot on the Tim and Tamir outside the ring. And then, like, before you give a blink, Sam Adams does a senton on all three of his opponents, right? As soon as he does the senton, like, he kind of hit Tim. So Tim gets fired up, gets back hits this beautiful moonsault outside of all three of his opponents as well. And Theory goes to hit this springboard leg drop on Timid, but Timid Tamir being the crafty little shit that he is, he moves out the way and then he hits Tamir hits his amazing handspring elbow. If five by this, he calls it a quote unquote tough bulldog. Joe, do you think that bulldog looked tough? I mean, <laughs> it is what it is.
1: I, I don't want to take anything away from him, but, uh, I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure it was effective. Yeah,
2: I guess. I mean, listen. After that happened, um, Sam follows this up. He goes in the ring, and I guess I, he he scares he scares Tamir that he shrieks like Tamir just shrieks at the top of his lungs. And I'm like, come on, man! Like you're you're really living to your name right now. Did you? Any of you guys? Joe, you hear the shriek? Sierra, you hear the shriek? I always hear the streak. You asked.
1: You ask this every Tim and Tamir match.
2: <laughs> I mean, how can you not hear this shriek? Like it's so uh it's, it's just it, it gets me every time. Um there was this really cool spot though in the match that I liked uh, when Tim suplexes all three guys off the ring and I'm like, Okay, okay, I think Tim's gonna win this one. He hits this beautiful line salt on to on Tamir and then just towards Tamir is just getting destroyed this whole entire match. Um, Sam hits Theory with a backstabber. Within the same second, Nolan hits Sam with a roundhouse kick to the head. My boy Tamir is back in the ring. He hits Nolan with his own roundhouse kick. Tamir tries to call a shot, and Nolan actually is prepared for this. He sees what's going on. He ducks out the way, and he hits Tamir with this running knee for the one, two, three. And I'm like, okay, Nolan proved me wrong. Nolan got this match. So shout out to Nolan for winning this match.
1: Yeah, it was... It was definitely, uh, I mean, honestly, it was hard not to pick theory as the favorite going into this one because he, like I, said, I mentioned on last week's show, he um, seems to be finding himself in these multi person matches over and over again. I mean, this is not new territory for him, so I'm, I mean, giving him the experience edge there, but you know, Nolan comes out and uh. We know what to expect from him as far as the the hyper-intensive uh, um, offense, and he's going to stay on top of you and stuff like that. So uh, well, hard, a hard-earned victory, well-deserved for Nolan Pierce, match number one. Now, match number two, um, rolling right into it, this is actually uh, – Two more future students here uh, here from the battlefield that are making tremendous strides in their work and their in-ring ability. So we saw J.J. Smith, again, the intellectual interrupter or the intellectual interpreter or the intellectual disruptor. Uh, I've, I've heard it a thousand different ways. And honestly, I, I don't know what any of it is, except that he brings a huge book to the ring with him. And uh, for whatever reason, he... Uh, thinks that his brain power is gonna win him wrestling matches. And I mean to a degree it can, but uh he takes on Bryce Reedus, uh part of the tag team with Eurinagi. Uh dubbed now Heart and Soul, Bryce Reedus and Eurinagi. But once again, Reggie, we had your your um expertise out here tagged with reviewing this one. So without further ado, match number two.
2: Yeah man. Listen, in the beginning it looked Like Bryce was out to you know, he was out wrestling JJ, but with JJ's intellect, he was able to turn this match around by targeting what I noticed um, Bryce's legs. He was hitting little stumps to his knees and just thumbing his ankle, trying to take the power away from Bryce so he couldn't climb the rope and hit his wonton on him. But um, at one point in the match, JJ, he he what I liked about what he did in this match, he stayed on bryce the whole entire time he hit him with like a beautiful knee but then what what he does and messes him up he goes over for this damn rule book and big joe i heard you say something about that rule book like why, why don't you like the book that he uses because he, he's
1: yeah. i mean it's nonsensical to me uh i mean it's when you're in the middle of a fight you don't have time to stop and and uh and, and open up the, the the book but i mean in this particular match there was uh, a little extra surprise in that book here that uh perhaps maybe this is what his intentions were with bringing the book to the ring in the first place but he pulled out uh, a just... little pocket knife or something and was attempting to cut the the cover off of the top turnbuckle
2: yeah and that's exactly what he tried to do but then the referee obviously goes over look look at the turnbuckle and JJ hits Bryce right in the fair the Nepali, which actually means he hit him in the ball as an Italian. So, you know, he he told me he was going to do something like that. I'm like, okay, that's smart. But Bryce kicks out at you know right before three. And what I really was proud of, um, you know, when I saw this match was the intensity. Like JJ stayed right on Bryce and put him right into a sleeper hold. Um, unfortunately for JJ, Bryce is able to reverse sleeper, he hits him with this beautiful black uh, backdrop suplex. He follows us up with like a kind of look like a tiger bomb underhook suplex. And then he hits him with this, you know, this perfect plex, the fisherman suplex. And um, yeah, Bryce was able to hit and land his beautiful swanton on the JJ for the one, two, three. Sage, what do you think? I know JJ's your boy, but.
0: JJ's, JJ, you know, me and him, we have a special connection, not going to lie. He's a dickhead, but I'm never going to hate the guy entirely. Um, however, I do adore Bryce Muis at the same time. So for me personally, this was one of the matches that I was most definitely most excited for, and I couldn't be mad either way with whoever won. I was really happy though, I'm not gonna lie to see Bryce get that victory. I know I know for him it meant a lot. So it was just, you know, it was really heartwarming for me personally.
1: My goodness, St Santiago picking what? both sides of picking both sides as usual so
0: i'm not picking both sides i'm what, just
2: what did you think so big joe? joe what did you think i was ecstatic
0: i, I mean these
1: guys. anytime uh, jj smith catches a loss in in the battlefield is a good day for me especially you know now he's bringing shanks to the ring i mean it was this, it, it, he's out of his mind i don't know what his plan was when he got the turnbuckle pad off of there but i'm sure uh, He was looking to do some sort of weird science experiment or something, but who knows moving on, uh, we're staying with camp Reggie banner here and, uh, three in a row. You have Reggie breaking them down for us here. We had superstar V Marino take it on danger. Jameson from descending from the top of Mount Stuntmore. Oh man. What? I, I mean, you cannot, you can't not root for this guy. I mean, he's, he's fantastic. And, uh, you know, Superstar V. Marino, though, he uh, was looking to take care of business and uh, he came out. Uh, he looks fantastic, by the way. You can definitely tell he's uh, definitely spending some extra time in the gym, um, gave a little flex on the top rope. So you can definitely notice uh, some strides there, which uh, that's definitely going to be to his advantage. And it's, it's going to be bad for the rest of the locker room as, as V. Marino adds more power and size. But anyway, Reggie, this is your match. So give it to us.
2: Yeah, I mean, I agree with you when it comes to V's size, man. His his traps are looking pretty good, but with that being said, I don't think V was expecting Danger to ask him to do a stunt. Now, before the match started, Danger did his, his stunt. He jumped over the ref, and they told, hey, V, you do it. And to everyone's delight, other than yours, Big Joe, V... Kicks the referee, or not the referee, I'm sorry, V kicks Danger right in the stomach with a dirty, you know, dirty shot. He starts cracking up. He follows it up with a quick leg drop. He throws Danger out to the floor. He drives his head into the guardrails, and V is just teeing off on Danger right now. V, stay- he's staying on top of Danger. He calls for the power driver, but Danger reverses and goes for this big-ass stunt, and it, it kind of looks like, what did you call him, Big Joe, the stunt taker? The stunter taker. Stunter taker. And you know, we actually didn't get to see it because V just ripped him right down and I've never seen this super aggressive side of V, you know, and I kinda liked it. Sage, did you like this aggression?
0: Yeah, I, I did like the aggression. Um, I think different from what we have seen from V Marino in the past. Not gonna lie. I mean, I love Danger. I do, I love danger, but it the aggression definitely was interesting and I think I feel like if he keeps up that same aggression, he's going to have a very successful, successful career in the main roster of Battlefield.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Some other things that happened in the match, V hits this, this kick right to the back of the head of Danger and slaps him. And then he hits the Fargo strut. Like, that is, like, an old-school thing to do. And V, even though he's 20 years old, like he has the mindset of a 48 year old man who has been through three divorces already. So he understands like the old school style of wrestling and nothing but respect for him for that. Um, Danger hits V with this face buster. And then danger goes for another stunt, like a big splash off the rope. He missed it, unfortunately. And then V hits him with his beautiful pile driver, pins him one, two, three. That was it. Big Joe. What did you think of this match?
1: Good match overall. I think, uh, you know, danger. <laughs> danger needs to uh, reel it in. I think with the stunts, and uh, you know, maybe get himself a little more focused on actually wrestling. Unless, unless in his mind, taking a beating is isn't in, in itself the stunt. But I mean, it, it's V. Marino looked impressive. Um, you know, he stayed on him. You know, and it's like you guys said, it's uh, a different look for him that that we've seen. Usually, he's tucking tail and running away. This time he was uh, definitely more aggressive and it showed. I mean, he was able to get the victory. So V Marino via pinfall over danger. Jameson now switching gears. We're going to go to Sage Santiago with the breakdown of our first ever BPW bombshells match. We had uh, Tina San Antonio and Tiara James make their way into the battlefield to launch the uh, bombshells division. And, Both women did an excellent job, a good representation of where BPW wants to go with this uh, division. So, Sage, I know you're super excited about this. Go right ahead and uh, break down our first ever bombshells match for us.
0: Of course, I'm super excited. How can I not be super excited when I finally, finally get to talk about a women's match on our podcast? So the beginning of this match started with um, both Tiara and Tina going around the corners, pushing each other, you know. Trying to get that upper hand. Uh, we had a beautiful takedown by Tiara James, but Tina still held on to her. Uh, Tina tried working the arm, but Tiara keeps Tina into this headlock, which we see going for at least three minutes of the match. Tiara just keeps Tina wrenched into that headlock. Even when Tina breaks out, She Tiara hits her with a shoulder tackle and then goes right back into that headlock. Um, we have that beautiful up and over by Tiara where she lands on her feet when Tina throws her outside the ring. Um, however, once again, Tiara just goes straight for that headlock. And it's not until um, Tina hits her with a suplex to finally break the hold. Uh, Tina then snaps her head and hits um, a big elbow drop. There is that beautiful neck breaker from Tiara. But then once again, she gets hit with a back elbow from uh, Tina San Antonio. Uh, we have the I believe it's the Irish what they call it from Tina and tiara from each corner. Uh, there's the big clothesline that beautiful combination of the big clothesline and then the big boot from Tina. Um, which you can definitely see because Tina Tina is a twelve to fourteen year veteran. You can definitely see that come into play during this match, but you can't disregard. Tiara's incredible talent, incredible athleticism. Uh, then we have three strong clotheslines that Tiara hits Tina with the twisted neck breaker. And then sh- t- um, Tiara hits Tina with the spine buster. And I personally thought that was going to be the end of the match. But once again, that venture veteran mentality comes out, and Tina is able to kick out of Tiara's spine buster. And then once they're in the corner, Tina is able to roll Tiara up and put her feet on the ropes for the one, two, three count. Um, Honest to God, I really wanted Tiara to win the match, but I think, like I said, the adventure mentality, you know, you have so much more experience on your hand. You know what to expect. You know what the referees are looking for. You know what the audience is looking at. I think that ends up coming really into play, and it shouldn't come as a shock that Tina San Antonio came up with the victory. Ah, uh, Big Joe. I personally want to hear, um, how you felt getting to finally commentate a bombshells division match.
1: Yeah, but it was awesome. I mean, uh, you know, welcoming th- this caliber of wrestler into the to the ring to launch the uh division was was fantastic but very evenly matched these two but very athletic you could see that the athleticism shows through and they like you you keep mentioning like the headlock and stuff like that that's something i picked up on too they these two were stuck together like glue for a good portion of this match but i think that goes to show you like how how well they prepared for the match as far as preparing for their opponents and kind of knowing what to expect. And uh, one point that you hit on was the spine buster. I myself also thought that was going to be it. We've seen um, her use that move as a finish uh, many, many times, and, and it's been enough to put people away. But then, you know, that also speaks to the grit of Tina San Antonio. And, of course, we know about the finish and how that went down with the a little help from the ropes and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm never going to, you know, condone that stuff, but it is what it is, like you said. I mean, at the end of the day, and I'm starting to learn this from everybody here on the roster, is that uh, all that matters is the win, not necessarily how you get there. So, I don't know. We'll we'll see. But, uh, yeah, awesome. Launching the the bombshells. And this probably isn't over, this this rivalry between those two. I have a feeling it's just getting started. Um, So, I'm sure we'll see them both down the line again. Speaking of just getting started we had uh gene snitsky was supposed to take on wrecking ball lagurski however uh, as we saw gene uh, wrestles a big a busy schedule so you know he had more uh events this weekend than just bpw and he actually ended up tweaking his knee in a match the night before um so he came to the ring on a on crutches in a knee brace and he was uh basically looking to address the bpw crowd let everybody know that uh he has to take it easy for a few weeks, and uh, he wasn't going to be able to continue his match against Wrecking Ball for this weekend. Uh, basically, just apologize to the fans. Well, Wrecking Ball Ligurski, uh, being the scumbag that he is, he thought it would be a good idea to come out and take advantage of the situation. And I mean, granted, I, I give him props for for doing it, because when you have a wounded Gene Snitsky, it's probably your best chance at uh, you know getting the advantage on him. So he comes down starts kicking out the leg and takes the crutches, and he just starts working over Gene's already injured knee. And it was horrible. You could see Gene writhing in pain, and for a guy like him to be writhing in pain, I can't even imagine um, what he was feeling because, I mean, his pain tolerance is already through the roof, and then, uh you know, wrecking balls just going to town. And it prompted Gene to issue a, a challenge for next month that he wants to have a no- a, a false count anywhere, uh, slugfest with wrecking ball, and uh, according to Gene, it's false count anywhere in Broadheadsville. So who knows where this thing's going to spill out? And with these two guys, um, they they could be the the amount of carnage they're going to leave in their wake is going to be unbelievable. So, yeah, wrecking ball Ligurski, Gene Snitsky next month, false count anywhere match. That rivalry continues. Now the next match. We had Lance on Hawaii, and uh, it, it was supposed to be Lance and Juicy, the Samoan SWAT team, taking on prime time heat. However, we did have some flight issues this this month with Juicy and Jacob Fatu, so. um things Lance found himself without a partner here for the, the the tag match and as we find out uh somebody wanted to step up big time and somebody that's had a recent uh change of attitudes as well and we saw Paul James coming out as uh kind of the honorary use here he had the uh, you know this the Samoan garbon, and he wrestled barefoot and um you know he made a mention that uh he might not be juicy but he was feeling oozy and I I think, you know, him and Lance, uh, you know, Lance took very well to that and uh, ended up being a, a three-on-two match for Lance and Bull versus Primetime Heat. Now, Sage, you uh, love Primetime Heat, and uh, <laughs> you know why don't you let us know what transpired in this match and then give us the good news for about the end of the match.
0: Of course, Primetime Heat, those are my boys. And although they prepared to go against both um, Lance and Juicy, uh, they didn't step down from the fight, Big Joe, when it turned out to be full jeans that came out. So you cannot deny the fact that they are, that, you know, that they will, they don't back away from a challenge. You, you can't deny that, Big Joe. Um. So at the start of this match, we have, uh, we have the, both my boys, Trey and Dio getting hit with suplexes. Um. And then they get that big head drop onto both of them during the match, which looks incredibly painful, but it is what it is. You know, if something happens during a match, uh, then we have Code Red trying to distract Lance um, throughout the match. Uh, the knee on the back of the head onto Lance from Dio, which, you know, I was very proud of, very excited to see because that helps them get the upper hand, obviously. We see that beautiful, good, and fast paced tag team work uh, between both Dio and Trey, where they just keep. Punching, punching Lance in the corner. Uh there's the big elbow that Trey hits onto Lance. Um, and then a beautiful suplex from Dio. Trey whips Lance out of the ring, and Code and Dio both attack Lance outside of the ring. Uh they do a lot of fast tags, which is extremely smart, especially when you're in a tag team match. And it just kind of goes to show just how well they work together as a team. Uh however, then Dio gets gets hit with a big boot and a Hurricane Rana onto him. Um, Then they get those big chops from Bull James. uh, The big hip to the face to Dio. And then the Samoan drop to Trey which ends up leading to a Samoan splash and the pinfall, you know, the one, two, three onto my boys. However, my boys might have not won. I am still extremely proud of them for this match on still and going head first because they do an extremely good job. And I know on the last week's podcast, Big Joe, we made a bet where I would have to say that you were right. However, I do want to make it known that we were talking about Lance and Juicy going against them and the match kind of changed. So, i you know, I wasn't prepared for it and my boys weren't prepared for Bull James. So, I'm, I, I don't know if necessarily you're right, Big Joe, but uh, however, Big Joe, you know, I, I want to hear how you felt about this when um South Philly's finest came out to attack primetime
1: heat. So, yeah, the, the South Philly's finest appearance, as I as I would like to say here, totally new attitude from Jimmy Conway and Luca Brazzi. They actually came from the crowd, yielding their, their clubs and bats like they usually do. And uh, they... Honestly, it sounds like they've had enough of primetime heat and anybody else that uh, wants to participate in the tag team division. So new change of attitude from them. It's going to be interesting to see now as uh, we see how this evolves with primetime heat and South Philly's finest. They've had many matches already and uh looks like this is going to probably trigger a new uh, chapter in this rivalry, but uh, very interesting to see uh, what transpires here in the coming months. Now, um, If you guys missed Reggie's breakdowns, well, fear not, because here he comes again, breaking down our next match. We had Ox Adams taking on the debuting Drew Marston and RJ Carnage in a two-on-one handicap match. Reggie,
2: take it away, friend. Man, poor Drew and poor RJ. I mean, Ox just decimated these two young men. He actually used them, like, used each and every one of them as a weapon on another. Like, he was throwing them to each other. He was just power-bombing them, kicking them left and right. And, I mean, RJ and Drew had a little bit of offense. They got Ox off his feet And when RJ hit, like, this amazing crossbody onto him. He obviously he kicked out at one, just chucked RJ in the air. Um, he hits RJ with his black hole slam. And then he just punches Drew directly in the heart, just causing Drew to just drop. And to add insult to injury, he pins both of them. While doing push-ups, this was a squash match, and I mean, seeing Ox like this, it's it's terrifying because this is a whole different Ox that we've been seeing, and this new Ox, I don't know, he's vicious. And after the match, he symbolized he's going after the BPW belt like with his hands. So I don't know. I would watch out for him. I don't want to get a wrangle with him. Sage, Joe, what do you guys think?
0: Thought it was um kind of how he just punched him in the heart and that was it for drew i mean it must have been a devastating punch i can't imagine being punched by a seven-foot monster and um you know i think this really is gonna help establish ox as like somebody to watch out for for everyone on the main roster to watch out for i mean he took out two guys and you can't deny the fact that rj and drew are both incredibly talented i mean he took out two incredibly talented guys that we have these up-and-comer guys on our roster so, I think for Ox, this was definitely a very good, you know, very good victory for him to um help establish himself as a real threat on the roster.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just business as usual for Ox Adams. He He is... Uh, Looking to mow down anyone that crosses his path. So, again, another development here at Battlefield Pro Wrestling. Now we're moving into the uh, meat and potatoes of this card. So, the next match we saw a Phil Insane Open Challenge. And... I have to address this because I I don't know where this came from and it uh, was a little bit concerning for, not a little bit concerning for me. It was a lot concerning for me. So uh, Phil insane looks like he is off his meds or or something uh, because he came out completely enraged just from the, from the start and was calling out uh, anybody in the back that dared to come out and take him. And he actually called me out as well. Um, Had some choice words for me and uh i i don't know what prompted that and uh you know he actually and johnny buchanan too he referenced as he said the the guy next to you whoever that is uh so i don't know um i don't know what i did to enrage phil insane but um hopefully we can hash that out uh phil i invite you for uh the opportunity to do a one-on-one interview with you just so maybe we can can hash things out so this thing doesn't escalate i want to know what exactly is on your mind and uh you know, hopefully avoid any major issues. So uh, Phil Insane issued this open challenge and the the deathmatch playboy, as he is now uh, going to be known, perhaps another uh, alter ego for the Philadelphia playboy, but he answers the challenge. Sage, Santiago, break it down.
0: I was incredibly shocked to see deathmatch playboy come out there. Uh, My favorite part of the match actually happened in the very beginning. Uh, While Playboy is dancing before the match even officially starts, Phil, like, pushes Playboy through this door that was on the outside of the ring. fills with bottle caps. And Playboy just goes crashing down into it. And you could just hear that impact. Like, I was in the audience. I could hear that. And I was like, ooh, that sounded like that one hurt. Uh, We have, during the match, we, we see Phil breaking the eyes of the playboy he even takes off playboy's little black mask that he wore for the match and he bites playboy's bald head that is utterly disgusting i mean this man's the walking probation i could, we don't know where he's been so you know phil took a real chance with that i mean i guess they don't call him the Matt butcher for no reason uh and then we see phil throwing weapons into the ring and there's just a whole variety of weapons there's a fence like a big ass fence some cinder blocks. There is a whole plant, which the plant was very pretty. I was very sad to see that one get destroyed. Um, there is trash cans with poppers and a barbed wire bat, just to name a few of some of the insane weapons that were thrown into this match. Um, there's a you know, at one point there is this huge boot from Phil and he starts stacking chairs onto Playboy and then drops onto him with like an elbow. I was like, ouchies. Um Then we see this weird you know how to describe it. This weird kind of like building. Not building but like weird structure that Phil builds where it's chairs and then he lays that huge ass fence on top of it. Um, But unfortunately to um, I think everyone's surprise Playboy ends up smacking Phil in the head with a trash can lid filled with poppers. Mind you Phil's hair actually ends up smoking like I thought it was gonna catch on fire and then Playboy throws Phil onto the fence and I I did not expect that kind of aggression out of um deathmatch Playboy. Uh then we have oh god oh god and then we just you know Playboy just keeps smacking him with bottle cap bats and candlesticks and then he ends up choking Phil insane with the candlestick. And that right there, I think, says enough about, you know, Playboy himself. Because I think to do that to someone like Phil, I'm saying you have to have serious guts. Uh, what do you think, Big Joe?
1: Yeah, for sure, the the, the guts portion of. <laughs> This match definitely goes to the Philadelphia Playboy. But how about this side we saw of him? Like, I, I mentioned this on commentary because uh, although he's usually a lover, he looked right at home in this style of matchup, which uh, was a little bit surprising. But, uh, yeah, Philadelphia Playboy definitely has a few s- screws loose as well. And you mentioned the setup. Like, this is, like, the worst game of Legos, like, in hell. Like, this is if, you, if you're in hell – And, like, you're just allowed to build things that are going to injure people. That's what this is for Phil Insane. And that psychopath. Oh, see, that's probably, yep, I just called him a psychopath. So maybe now I see why he uh, had some choice words for me. But, uh, yeah, Phil Insane almost on fire with the the, the popper bats and everything else that we've seen through his matchups. But uh, very, very cool debut for the deathmatch playboy reggie any thoughts on this one
2: are you sure you want to invite him on the show after what you he just saw like he he bit the playboy's head your ball too so he might fight your head like that doesn't no, worry no. you
0: We didn't even describe the ending of the match yet, Joe, too. Like, you're just like, you're psycho, Joe. I think you're the psychopath here. You're inviting this man onto the podcast after... Okay, let me just tell you the ending real quick. It ends with Phil crashing the blade boy through cinder blocks. Cinder blocks, Big Joe. And you want to invite him on the podcast after he's coming after you? Big Joe, you're going to be his next victim. And I can't lose you.
1: I I mean, I just... At the end of the day, uh, we have a job to do here. And I need to know what... uh, what, what the story is. Maybe I can uncover some of the issues that he has or find out why, you know, things are the way that they are. I mean, sometimes you just need somebody to talk to. This might be, this might be that case.
2: Big Joe, I will be there with you, but I promise you my black ass can protect you whatever happens.
1: Reggie, you'd be the last person I'd be looking to for security, no offense. But uh anyway, <laughs> Moving right along, uh, this next match mired in controversy, first of all. I thought it was going to be a great day at the office for me as we have the Texas Tornado dog-collar tag team match with Alpha and Sean Maluda of the table taking on championship material. The closer, Joey Martinez and Vinny Mack alongside Mr. Ruta, who is back now in BPW, recovered from his injury. So we had... Uh, the match went as expected for the most part i mean it was violent it was hard hitting all 14 all 4 men on both teams were trying to utilize that chain to the best of their ability. And because, uh, I mean, it was a free weapon, essentially, what you could use. We saw, um, you know, Offa threw Vinnie Mac over the top rope at one point and was was strangling him with it. That's a very dangerous position to find yourself in if you're Vinnie Mac. So he had to make sure he got out of that in a hurry because that can go south in a heartbeat. We've, we saw all the men wrapping the chain around their fists, around their heads, around their legs, anything they can to try and drive that unforgiving steel into the carcass of their opponent and uh very very back and forth match it went all over the ringside area and you know there was a time uh oh here's a little a little tidbit too at the beginning of the match off announced that if championship material lost that uh the dynasty members would get five minutes alone in the ring with mr ruta and i've never seen uh someone be so scared in my entire life it was amazing um so everybody was looking forward to that as well forgot to add that in the beginning but yeah they're going all over the place and then uh the way that it turns out we actually saw off a junior and Uh, Joey Martinez landing high-impact moves and finding themselves in a position to make the pin. Now, the cover was simultaneous, and the referee counted to three. However, um, he was not paying attention to Offa's pin on Vinnie Mack. He was actually focused on Joey Martinez's pin uh, of Sean Maluda. Now, however, he did not see that Joey Martinez had his feet on the ropes either. So that is the other thing here. The referee very controversially it awards the match to championship material, despite a there, there being a simultaneous pin and B Martinez having his feet on the rope. So I'm absolutely disgusted. I, I can't uh, put into words how aggravated I am with the decision of the referee. I mean, they Alpha was arguing with him after the match he could have at least went to replay or or did something um of that nature but nevertheless again a very controversial pin and a decision by the referee so it is championship material technically picking up the victory via pinfall for now we'll see if that decision ends up getting over <laughs> that's for you championship material oh my goodness and now we are rolling into the main event of the evening so again we mentioned the flight issues earlier in the show with juicy and jacob not being able to get here uh for this show so we had to make a make a Another decision on the fly, and luckily when we bring in replacements, they are uh, high-caliber quality replacements. So we enter Flip Gordon into the main event of – this uh, contest with Casey Navarro and Encore Moore in a triple threat match. Now, if you were building a triple threat match that was going to be high octane, I mean, these are definitely three of the guys you would want to include in there. All Three of the most athletic men in the business and the, uh, the moves that they're able to pull off, just the agility alone, the speed alone, is absolutely incredible. And this match went exactly how I thought it was. It was fast-paced. It was high-flying. There were times where we saw the strength of all the men and uh we saw times where there was a stalemate we saw different exchanges between Encore and casey where it's it seemed like neither person was gonna be able to get the best of of the other and uh we saw many pin breakups where people were coming in to break up pins to stop the uh their opponent from picking up the victory um I'm a big fan of triple threat matches when they are this action-packed. I don't like ones where, you know, somebody gets injured and uh, they're kind of out of sight, out of mind. This one was all three men were pretty much gung-ho from the start. In the end, it was Casey Navarro getting the victory. He was able to pick it up, and uh, we'll see, because there was a a time where it looked like Flip Gordon wanted to show some sportsmanship here, but he ended up uh, just – pulling a fast one and and pulling his hand away. And uh, that left us in the ring with Casey and encore. And uh, they put on a little dance for the, the Broadheadsville crowd, as usual, they're here to entertain. So uh, Reggie, how how did this match? uh, Did this go the way that you thought it was going to?
2: Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, this match, like you said, was just action packed the whole entire time. And it was like any three of these guys could have won. And once case picked up the victory, and him and Encore started dancing. I was like, you know what? This was how the night was supposed to win. was supposed to go. It, it it was a fun match, like literally. I've never seen, just just like the, the speed and the way each man wanted the victory. And like like you said earlier, when triple threat matches happen, we rarely see them like this great.
1: Yeah, I I would I would agree. I would definitely like to see this one again, and maybe perhaps a few matchups between maybe Casey and Flip in singles action or Encore and Flip. And we've already seen the 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 one on one, uh, the type of match that Encore and Casey can put on together because they they've battled each other before in the battlefield, and it, it's absolutely incredible. It's like one of those rivalries that you might not want to get, you might not get sick of. Like uh, it's it's basically like jordan versus bird or uh you know stone cold versus Bret hart something like that a match it just like they're putting on instant classics and you know that's really awesome but that is it for this episode of the battlefield pro wrestling podcast that is your full review of cream of the crop from this past sunday and before we get out of here just wanted to remind everybody bpw futures ready or not coming up sunday june 11th at the signature performance center at the bpw dojo bell time 3 p.m doors open at 2 p.m so again tickets are on sale now reach out to us on facebook you can get your tickets pre-sale and once again june 11th bell time 3 p.m Doors open at 2 p.m. As always, for Sage Santiago for Reggie Banner. This is Big Joe Vincesco. We are. All of this is because of you. I feel it in my skin, I feel it in my soul. I feel it in this world. I gotta take control. I feel it in my mind. I feel it in my pride. I feel BPW. Yeah, it's my time, my phone. I've been waiting for days, days to think about my time in the maze.
0: BPW Nation, Sage Santiago here, the angel voice of the Battlefield Pro Wrestling podcast. And I have something very important to tell you all. Attention to all podcasters, small businesses, content creators, and vendors. Are you looking to promote your business, podcast, YouTube channel, or webpage? Contact us now to appear in BPW's monthly event program. We have options for every budget. Call or text Chuck Hayes at 570-856-4602 or you can email him at a-c-h-a-y-e-s-225 at yahoo.com. Once again, the phone number is 570-856-4602 and the email is achayes 225 at yahoo.com. Thank you.